Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host. Um, we are excited to be here with another guest on episode 34, where we talk about coffee business and everything in between. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast application or uh, Google Play or Spotify. Uh, we would love to have you guys joining in and checking out previous episodes. Uh, we upload new episodes every week. Um, so we have a ton of really great content as well as a ton of really great guests lined up, including the one we have today. Uh, we are honored to be here with Ryan from Pilcro Coffee all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How's it going, Ryan? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. We're uh, we're always excited to continue to connect with other people in the coffee industry and um, it's, uh, it's definitely been a cool opportunity to touch base with you in the last uh, three or four months or so and, um, and yeah, learn more about what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, so let us know a little bit, uh, one, about Pilcro, but first let us know what coffee you've really been enjoying lately. Yeah, so um, the coffee that I think I've been digging the most on as of late is we have a um, uh, Columbia single origin uh, from Finca La Cristalina. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got it in probably about a month ago, but we just kind of released it, uh, a couple of weeks ago here in Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know, big body, you know, all day drinker, like crowd pleaser coffee, but it's got some really cool notes of like strawberry and melon. And, um, yeah, and so that's the one I've been digging on a lot lately. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and then let us know a little bit about what is Pilcro, maybe even, you know, what the where you got the name from, and then sort of you guys' history a little bit. Right on. Yeah, so uh, the Pilcro is uh, the paragraph symbol, um, mm-hmm. you know, the backwards P thing. And so as I was kind of, you know, dreaming up, you know, starting a, a coffee company, I was thinking through just, you know, the brand and um, yeah, just like going through that, that kind of rabbit hole of, yeah. you know, naming something, um, which is kind of a daunting task, but, uh, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, it's always, you know, it's always there. So you get one shot at it. So as we were going through that process, I just, I wanted something, you know, that would be in front of us that would kind of like, uh, bring us back to center. If, you know, we ever thought we were too cool. Uh, for yeah, school right. kind of and so um so yeah i found the kind of the pilcro symbol um as a as a cool idea because it uh was always in the rough draft it's never in the final version mm. of a document so i thought there was like a lot of humility in that and mm. so um and then you know we, we kind of are in in similar fashion as the pilcro kind of forming uh this narrative uh, from like a, the farm or the farmer or, or the plant, you know, the tree to the end consumer. And so it just kind of fit for, I don't know, the bigger picture of like what we do on a day-to-day basis as well. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's kind of the name, you know, the name Pilcro, Pilcro mm-hmm. Coffee. Um, yeah, that's great. And then yeah. what is the, what's this, obviously I assume I'm not, hundred percent sure, but I assume a lot of our listeners are from the Indiana, Indianapolis area. Um, so explain a little bit about the, 
coffee scene up in Milwaukee and, and what that looks like. Obviously it's a little bit colder up there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just talk through, uh, what that, what that's like up there. Yeah. The Milwaukee scene is, uh, is interesting (laughs) to say Mm -hmm. the least. I mean, you know, we have, um, yeah, a bunch of coffee roasters, uh, that have, you know, been here a while, like 20 Mm -hmm. plus years. Um, there's Colectivo, which was also known as Altera back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they've been around 25 years, Stone Creek, same time. They they both started at the same time. And and those two roasters have a huge retail presence. And so each mm. of them probably have around 10 plus cafes in town. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, um, then there's like Anodyne. They've been around 18 years. And so there's a lot of like what I call legacy roasters, mm. um, you, know, you know, people that have just kind of been around for a while and, you know, kind of saw... Uh, that like dark roast, you know, mm. second wave kind of coffee uh, thing happen, and yeah, and kind of have to. They still have that legacy customers base, mm-hmm. and so they kind of still have to appease to that, and then you know try to kind of you know they're, they're trying to figure out I think a way to still position themselves into evolving and, and growing yeah. as companies as well, and staying you know staying um, active in the in the coffee world a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of, you know, smaller roasters like myself, you know, we have a few, um, few roasters that maybe started a few years ahead of us. And then, and then there's us, like we're kind of the newer, the newer roaster in town. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I think, you know, to be frank, a lot of the other roasters are, are, you know, like similar iterations of each other, you know, Mm. they're all just kind of doing similar things to one another. And and we came to the market to kind of try to do something a little bit different and a little bit more, um, I don't know, innovative or creative, or I don't know what the word would be, but you know, it's nothing against their model, but Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, when you come into a market and, you are just an iteration of something that's already there and it's, and it's been there for that long and it has that kind of retail presence, you know, it's, you're going to have a hard time competing with that. So, sure. So yeah, that's kind of the Milwaukee scene, you know, I think, you know, people are, um, trying to still kind of figure out what, what we're doing a little bit, but it seems to be working. I think people are uh, reacting positively to our coffees and, and just who we are as a company. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think that that um, when when guys are opening businesses or maybe um, opening spots, I don't think you know competition isn't necessarily a a thing to run away from. But I think what mm-hmm. you shared, where uh, positioning yourself uh, in whether it be a niche or uh, just more of a minimalist approach, where you know you guys don't do everything, but you do one or two things to the best of your ability. And I think that's, I think that's where we're, we're pretty like-minded, uh, company wise where, um, you know, we're, we're very lean as far as what we offer. Um, and, uh, what we do offer, we feel like we, we do really well. Um, but we're not going to offer everything under the sun. And, and, you know, that can be a problem for some customers, 
but it also can be an advantage to some because, you know, they know that when they come here, they're going to get the best of whatever it is that, that you guys do. Um, and that's definitely been a big encouragement to um, our business listeners that we've seen is, you know, find that thing that you feel like you can knock it out of the park in, in your sleep and, and make that the thing that people come to you for. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think, you know, what we've seen is, you know, something similar where it's just, you know, we focused obviously on, you know, cold brew as a differentiator in the market and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just seeing like people gravitate towards that. And then, you know, and then you get consumer buy-in, I think really easily. So it's like, you know, as you, as you, as you grow as a business too, you can add more things to, mm-hmm. you know, expand your offerings and, and you have people's trust and their buy-in to the fact that, Oh, this one, you know, this thing that they did was so good that, you know, everything they do is going to be great. And so yeah. instead of starting out the gate and kind of overextending yourself or not having the resources to really like, you know, execute on a high level across the board then so i don't know i i like the way we kind of approached it i don't know if i would change it you know mm-hmm. yeah and i think that that's that's definitely the important thing and i think you know even what you what you shared if if cold brew was where you guys started at the centerpiece mm-hmm. um there's always you know iterations of learning with your company as well to where you know you um maybe weren't as confident in one side of your business when you started, but continue to improve and get better. And, and that's where you can add that, that, uh, that product offering. Uh, but only when you feel like you can do it at the, to the best of your ability. I think yeah. that's the, that's the big key takeaway is, um, and you know, we've found, you know, with our wholesale clients or, or things like that, where they, they want to do too much too fast. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not experts in, you know, experts in that field, but they're afraid that a customer will walk away if they don't offer something, Um, you know, but we argue that they're going to walk away if you don't offer something. But if you can educate them in the way to to turn them over to what you do really well, um, I think that that's where you can build a little bit more longer lasting customer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. And so you talked a little bit about, um, sort of cold brew and what that looks like. Uh, talk a little bit uh, with us about, about the cold brew program that you guys do as well as maybe why, uh, that was a thing for you guys. Um, yeah. and then, uh, cause obviously, you know, for us in Indianapolis, there's a, there's some, some people that are doing cold brew. Uh, there's not really a ton of people doing nitro cold brew or cold brew at the, at the, you know, distribution level that we are. Um, but yeah, talk to us a little bit about why cold brew, why nitro and, and how that's going over. Yeah. So, um, you know, nitro cold brew for me kind of goes back to, you know, the beginning of me and coffee. And, um, so I will kind of give you guys a glimpse of my, my story and coffee. Mm -hmm. And so it begins about three and a half years ago. I owned a storefront window cleaning company in Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. And um, one of my first customers was a little shop called Ipsento Coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, I would like make sure I was there on Fridays, like when they did a public cupping. And um, I would just kind of cup through and taste through coffees with the owner. And, uh, and no one ever was there. It was just me and him usually. Mm-hmm. And I would, um, anyway, so that's kind of how I started tasting coffees and X, Y, and Z. And so we became friends and, um, you know, he was going to source, uh, some coffee in Rwanda and offered to, you know, he asked me if I wanted uh, to go with him. And so I took him up on the opportunity um, I was still just his window cleaner at the time and I was <laughs> traveling to Rwanda to go source coffee with him. And was just kind of exposed to this other side of coffee that I knew nothing about. And I yeah. um, was just kind of like, well, heck, how do I do this with my life? And so, yeah. um, came back home, sold the window cleaning business to my business partner and took a job with him and the window cleaning business, we did storefronts. And so we had them on cargo bikes. And so, I told Tim, the owner of Absento at the time, like, hey, it would be super cool if we, um, you know, put coffee on the on bikes, you know, and, and cold yeah. coffee maybe and rode around the town or went yeah. to farmer's markets or events. And so, yeah, um, so he was like, yeah, make it happen. And so I essentially saw, you know, nitro cold brew happening in Austin, Texas at Cuvée. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't a coffee person. I barely even brewed coffee at home at this point. Yeah. And so knew nothing of like what it tasted like or what it took to make it happen or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so yeah, we basically started the first nitro coffee program in Chicago at, at Absento. And then we built two, you know, nitro coffee bikes with two, with those, with taps on them. And, um, I quickly saw the revenue kind of coming in, um, you know, from this program that I had started at Absento and was like, well, heck I should do this probably for myself because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some money here, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so I quickly thought through, you know, well, what if I started a coffee roasting company? Mm-hmm. I have, I have three small kids, you know, and a wife. And so the city of Chicago was pretty, pretty tough, you know, as mm-hmm. far as sacrifices as a family and, you know, living there and, um, and so it was like, well, maybe we get closer to home. We're from Wisconsin. And so, mm-hmm. um, we decided, you know, after basically a year at Absento to move to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and start this coffee company. And I thought, you know, as I said previously, like with all this retail presence already here, like it would be silly of me to think if I could just throw a cafe up that that yeah. would be the way to kind of garner attention. And so mm-hmm. I thought, if I can just kind of become synonymous with cold brew in the market and just be the, the cold brew guy and, yeah. you know, to, like maybe that can win me some attention and somehow it did. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we did. And so, yeah, our program is, um, yeah, I don't know. We, we brew, you know, we're in our third summer now, so we're two and a half years old and, mm-hmm. um, we're brewing, um, already this summer, about 250 gallons of cold brew a week. Um, you know, during peak summer this yeah. year, we'll probably be closer to 500 would be my yeah. guess. Um, and so it's kind of nuts. Uh, yeah. you know, we're already brewing what we were at our peak of last summer this year. So mm. I think, um, we, 
you know, we probably um, sell about 60 kegs a week or so, something mm-hmm. like that. It's probably going out of our doors and, you know, um, yeah, we do a lot. That's most of our business is wholesale nitro cold brew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, just kind of evolving and, and growing as a company, you know, there was definitely a moment in the first year or two there. I thought maybe we're only going to be a cold brew company. Cause like no <laughs> one, no one even like, I don't even think people understood that we like roasted the coffee and, yeah. um, and that we even had like espresso and hot coffee things uh, going mm-hmm. on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's been really good to us. I think, um, you know, a lot of people in the specialty coffee industry think it's a big fad and it's going to go away, but, um, whether it is or it isn't, I mean, I think there's, um, there's, you know, a decent program and some decent revenue for businesses to really grab, you know, grab onto if, uh, if they want, you know. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, um, like you shared, that's sort of like, um, still very true to who you guys are, but, um, I mean, we run into that sometimes as well. Like we're, um, for those of everybody listening, you know, we're located in Carmel, Indiana, uh, which is outside of Indianapolis. And, um, you know, there's not a ton of specialty coffee up here. Um, and we knew that going in, uh, but you know, we also knew that, um, downtown, uh, Indianapolis, there's a ton of retail coffee environments, you know, and, um, it feels like sometimes in the, either in the specialty coffee arena or just the business arena in general, um, you know, people feel like they need to flex their muscles a little bit and like show that they can go toe to toe with, with other businesses that are doing it really well. Uh, in high traffic areas. And, you know, my argument is, uh, every time we look at retail environments, you know, we're, we're in the same, uh, way that you guys are, where wholesale coffee is our, our MO, uh, whether it be nitro or whole bean or whatever, that's the centerpiece of our company. Retail is just a, a way to, um, engage with customers and, and, you know, showcase our product. Um, but, you know, for us, when we look at any retail environments, we want to make sure that there's a need for it in that community. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago where they talked about uh, specialty coffee gentrification and how mm. uh, usually gentrification happens in specialty coffee retail environments are the first thing to come uh, to those communities. Um, and you know, uh, that, that wasn't necessarily the case for us here, nor, nor in a ton of areas in Indianapolis, but it did make me think about the question of, you know, we obviously do great things, but does the community we're wanting to go into one want us there and two need us there in any way, or do they have, you know, a thriving, great cafe doing awesome things in that community already? Um, you know, what's the, what's the point in, uh, in coming into that space? Uh, because all you're really probably going to do is, you know, uh, not leech, but sort of, uh, take off some of their customer base 
and bring some of your new ones. But, you know, we just try to think really if the goal of the retail environment is to serve the community, you know, making sure that we don't want to just be there, but, um, you know, the community wants us there or has a need for us there as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I mean, I think, you know, and you probably see this a lot too, you know, dealing with wholesale clients, a lot of them, I I call it the field of dreams complex where it's mm-hmm. like, if you build it, they will come. And mm-hmm. it's just, I just don't think that's like a really responsible way to build businesses, yeah. you know, yeah. like where you're just throwing up brick and mortar cafes in different areas of town that you think, you know, are going to need it. And, um, it's just, it's honestly, it's tough for wholesale clients because you're competing, you know, especially in a market like ours where, mm-hmm. you know, Colectivo or Stone Creek have, you know, 10 plus retail locations. Yeah. You know, obviously, obviously they're going to serve their coffee better than any of their wholesale clients. And so you're competing yep. against the very people that are supplying your shop with coffee. And so, yep. um, you know, it's just a, it's a, I think almost a losing battle for a lot of wholesalers uh, or wholesale clients. And, uh, and I don't think they see it like that very uh, easily. And so, you know, building a brand and and yeah, like, uh, you know, investing in a community, you know, in a different way, instead of extending just the resources of a huge build out and equipment and labor and just opening your doors and hoping people will come. I think, there's other ways to build that and to gauge mm-hmm. a community, you know, need and desire yeah. You know, yeah. to have you there. So, yeah, I mean, because for us, you know, we've looked at it like if all we want to do is make cash and get our coffee in as many, you know, get our coffee yeah. out and about as much as possible, then building brick and mortar stores isn't a good return on investment, you know, to build yeah. 10 you know, it'd be much better to partner with businesses that are already established in those communities and, you know, resource them with the product because our overhead at that point is barely anything. And we still get the awesome opportunity to serve our coffee there, um, you know, without all of the, you know, uh, overhead, you know, that goes into building out a retail environment. Um, So... And yeah, I mean, so for us, it's just that mentality of our business, you know, our business is, you know, partnering with other businesses to continue to improve what they're doing. Um, but we're very, very heavily picky on when, when, or if we launch retail environments, they have to be in a space where we're meeting a need for a community that didn't otherwise have what we are able to offer, which is why we've, you know, outside of partnering with some wholesale clients, we, we haven't pursued downtown or, or the Indianapolis area just because they have a ton of awesome, great cafes, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd rather tell, you know, you when you roll down to Indy to try out all these awesome cafes, not, you know, well, we're building a new one down there, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and not obviously to knock anybody that is doing that. I, I just encourage, um, anybody that's starting any business to just think about, um, the why behind why you want to go into that community, especially if it is a, a physical environment, you know, an office or, uh, you know, a retail store or 
because anytime it's just selfish, you know, anytime it's just because you want to, um, I feel like that's when you have, um, a timestamp on you, you know, uh, there's, there's only so long that the community will be happy that you're in their environment if you're not there to grow their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're just there to, to, you know, accomplish your own dreams, uh, which are great, um, you just have to be engaged in that community in order to see something happen long term. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so uh, you do share with us a little bit, too. I know you guys go. Um, you you shared a little bit about uh, the nitro cold brew stuff. Um, I know you guys do some pretty cool uh, signature drink stuff as well with both hot stuff and your nitro cold brew. Talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so we have um, connected to our kind of our production space. Our roastery is what we call the tasting room and it's, I don't know, maybe 12 seats. You know, we have a little single group espresso machine and it's only open on the weekends. And so, um, so it's kind of allowed us to just kind of really play around, right? Because, you know, basically we have like five days to get ready for the weekend. Um, you know, obviously we're running around doing production things as well, but it gives us, you know, the freedom and, the opportunity to just really kind of play around and be mad scientist, I guess, uh, with, co- with the coffee drinks or the menu that we set. And so, yeah, I think one thing I look to a lot, um, as a, you know, because I've only been in the industry for three and a half years is other industries that we're like, we're kind of mimicking or that, yeah. you know, have already happened. And so I look a lot to the craft beer scene, yeah. And I see all these craft breweries doing all these like limited release beers. And, um, you know, I just, it just makes sense. Cause that's a s- similar customer segment that we yeah. usually are going after. Right. So, um, so in the same regard, you know, what we do here is just kind of like have limited run kegs or drinks or menus, uh, that we're trying to flip, uh, or, or change or evolve on the, uh, pretty regular basis. And so we've done, you know, we had a cereal milk kind of series um, where we would, we kind of steeped um, uh, cereal in milk and then we would build cold brew kegs off that. So we had a, like, mm-hmm. like a Fruity Pebbles latte and a Cocoa Puffs latte and a Reese's Puffs mm-hmm. latte. And we did that. We did four, four weeks of that. And, um, you know, we did a. Uh, paid homage to Ipsento coffee. We did a cold brew, um, cayenne pepper, coconut milk, there you go. And honey, um, <laughs> which is essentially an Ipsento latte, which is like what Tim's sister Charlotte yep. created there. And so, um, yeah, we just do things like that. Uh, right now we have chocolate creamy, which is, there's not. <laughs> Some of it's like really easy. It's yeah. not rocket science. It's yeah. just literally chocolate milk and cold brew, but people people go crazy for it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Love yeah. It. They, and they love, you know, again, like consumer buy-in. So it's like they love to see they're always, you know, they come in on Saturday morning and they're like, oh, what's the new thing? What's the new thing? What's yeah. the new thing? So that's a lot of the keg stuff. And then we've just started kind of recently getting into more like signature beverages, like with yeah. hot drinks or we have uh, Life Gives You Lemons Tonic it was, is what it's called, and it's, you know, um, chilled espresso, 
lemon LaCroix tonic, uh, you know, espresso tonic kind of a thing. And it's pretty cool. And then I also own a small, like, um, cafe, like European cafe restaurant kind of thing called interval in town. And so over there we had, um, this really cool, uh, drink, which was, um, apricot jam, tonic water, um, nitro cold brew and dehydrated lime mm. on top and it was like layered and it was really pretty and blah yeah. blah blah and so mm-hmm. you know half of what we do is a lot of theater you know yeah. and serving with confidence and oh yeah you know it's still got to be tasty but i think yeah. you know, people are still like it's like the cocktail spirit craft beer world like where you know if you can kind of achieve those things i think in a coffee environment um and you know make it uh, you know replicate you know like where it's repeatable in a pretty yeah. quick timely fashion still yeah i think you know you can you can serve a lot of people some really cool things that they're not going to get at their you know other shops maybe around town and so so yeah it's a big part of what we do too is like just trying to give you know customers in milwaukee that opportunity because that's not readily available at, at a lot of the other shops yeah you know? yeah and i think that that you know that amount of creativity is is a is a fun thing to fun thing to have you know um to either let your let your staff continue to Mm -hmm. develop and and do some of those things um yeah just um being creative with it you know like like you said a lot of it you could probably just say that you know you're doing cold brew with ice (laughs) <laughs> and call that the new thing and people would get excited about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I just think some of that creativity is, is important to stretch you guys and, as well as just stretch uh, your customers. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you've built that brand of, of quality, you know, then they're definitely going to be willing to try something. And um, nothing that you guys are going to put out is going to be is going to taste, uh, bad. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that, um, that's a definite, definite plus to trying some things. I, you know, we do have some wholesale clients that are worried about, you know, some menu changes or development or, or things like that. Wondering if, uh, nervous to make changes. Um, and I feel like, like you said, if you, if you serve it with confidence, you know, they, mm-hmm. they look at you as the expert. So, uh, baristas or, or staff, you know, if you're digging on this new espresso that you just started with, um, then they're going to just by peer pressure going to also probably enjoy it. Uh, even if they, even if they take their first sip and they're not sure if you're, if you're super excited about it, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna generally come over to that side. Um, the, the times that I see it always be a problem is when, uh, the staff is unsure or they don't really know, or they're not fully behind the change, um, is when it can be a problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's something I, I tell our team a lot is just, you know, and, and wholesale clients, like when, when we're in training is just serving with confidence is half the battle. You know, yeah. the average consumer, they don't taste coffee as much as we do or, oh, or yeah. in the way, in the ways that we do. And so they don't really know what a, you know, 87 point coffee versus an 84 point coffee is going to yeah. taste like, yeah. or what a balanced espresso is going to taste like, you know, like, mm. so 
you know, serving with confidence is, is half the battle. And then, and then, you know, understanding the way that you get confidence is actually knowing what you're doing. And so, you know, it's both and, you know, but there's a little fake it till you make it, I think in coffee. Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I think that we don't want to give away our secrets, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Um, well, thanks for spending some time, man. I appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and always appreciate talking with, um, some other guys out there. I know, um, sometimes, uh, when uh, other customers or things like that wonder if, uh, roasters are friends with each other. And I think that, uh, of course we're friends with each other. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, there's plenty to learn from each other and, and I always appreciate your, your insight and, and continued support and everything with what we're doing as well as, uh, you know, I hope you guys see that from our end. Um, always, uh, always excited to hear all the new things that y'all are doing up there. Yeah. It's been super fun, you know, to kind of get to know that Indianapolis, uh, coffee community and, yeah. you know, meeting, meeting you and the team, you know, in the last few years now has been been really rad so yeah yeah, thanks for having me no problem well guys thank you so much for uh listening to uh episode 34 we had the shot to talk with uh ryan from pilcro coffee uh if you haven't already uh you can check out uh in the description um all links to uh pilcro's instagram as well as their um website snag some of their awesome coffee um, and uh, give them a shout and some love on, on social media. Um, also, if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, make sure and do that um, on the, at, the, uh, at the space below. Uh, we would love to uh, have you guys listening on the regular basis. Uh, as, we, as you know, we post uh, new episodes every week uh, and have some really exciting guests coming up. And, uh, yeah, we're really excited to get everything rolling. Uh, make sure and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all regular updates about indie coffee roasters. And if you would like to, uh, begin serving coffee, uh, or our coffee at your business office or, um, or your cafe, uh, shoot us an email at hello at indiecoffeeroasters.com and we would love to get connected with you. Thanks again, guys, so much for listening and remember to enjoy your coffee unleashed.